Hi everyone, it's Marilyn Alori and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? I wanted to share a meditation with you. And before I do that, I wanted to um, tell you a little bit about how I work. And I'm going to say something that's going to sound egotistical, but it's not. I'm really known for my meditations. And there's many reasons as to why that is. One of the reasons is that um, my guides are very good at guided meditations. I never know what they're going to do. They work through me and they really know how to take people through a journey of experience, learning their gifts, diving deep, aligning with their soul, tapping into their wisdom. It's just, they're really very, um, I, I can't even find the words for them because they're a great experience, really. It's an entire experience, no matter what the meditation is. I never have it planned when I go into it. I just get into my meditative state. I get into my channeled state and I deliver the meditation. So, um, I want to share this particular meditation with you for a few reasons. One is, this is one of the meditations that I did in Next Level Living. And Next Level Living is my main course right now, and people are having incredible breakthrough. They are discovering things about themselves that they didn't know existed. I, I feel like they knew it existed, but they couldn't put words to it, or they couldn't put uh, make it a tangible experience. And through the work that we're doing, they're having these really deep relationships with themselves, really aligning with their truth, aligning with their soul, um, tapping into their wisdom. They are just accelerating in all areas and they are recognizing their gifts and the visibility of their gifts. Like I think a lot of times spiritual entrepreneurs struggle with visibility and they are understanding not from an ego state, but from a very grounded, tapped in, rooted in place. Like this is what they're meant to do. And, and it, it's, you just can't do anything, but get it out. You have to get your work out there. So I share all of that with you because it is the main program that I'm focused on and I wanted to give you a little bit of a taste of it right here, but also because we are accepting applications if you're interested in joining us. So you can go to marilynaloria.com forward slash next and read about it and the price is on there. Everything is on there. Fill out an application and I will look at it and get in touch with you. And if I feel like we're a fit, we'll jump on a call real quick and to see um, if you have any questions and to make sure it is the right thing for you to do. I don't do salesy, salesy pitches. I'm not into it. I'm only interested in inviting people in that are a right fit for the program. And when we have a conversation, they recognize, yeah, this is what I need right now. Or this is what I want to do. So with that said, I wanted to share another thing that came through my email box just recently from a student of mine. She was sharing how my guided meditations really helped her and excelled, helped her to accelerate in her own life. And she was in a class where the teacher brought her through a meditation and then left them on their own devices to their own devices. Um, and she said that had she not done meditations with me the way that I teach them and do them, she may have been frozen. But because she had done this with me, she was able to go through an incredible experience and really discover amazing things. So I wanted to share this with all of you because I have tons of meditations. They really can alter your experience in life, your, your, your makeup, um, how you're wired, so many things. It just has so many great benefits. And I figured, okay, let me share a meditation with all of you so you can get a taste of it. I haven't listened to this one. I just chose it. And um, I think you'll all really like it because I have a bunch of them. And I was like, hmm, which one do I want to do? 
and I'm giving you this one. So you're going to hear a little music and then you're going to go into the meditation. Now, here's the thing. My meditations are pretty strong, pretty powerful. If you have a struggle with closing your eyes, you can do this with your eyes open. Just let your eyes focus on a blank wall, or you can even allow your eyes to wander and just listen to the words. There's a lot of energy and vibration and um, information inside the vibration of my voice when I do these meditations. So you're going to get the benefits no matter what. You can do it while you're walking. Just be very aware because it's extremely, they're strong, some of them, right? So if you're not, if you don't know where you're going and you don't know how to manage your own physical body while you're in a meditative state, then you could get hurt. And I don't want you to do that. Definitely don't listen to it if you're in the car. Um, and the best place to do it, obviously, is sitting quietly someplace with your eyes closed and just allow to it, allow it to unfold. And don't beat yourself up for it. If you fall asleep, you know, I get that sometimes because it's so deep. That's okay. If your mind wanders, let it wander. It's okay. There's no right or wrongs in doing this. Just let yourself have the experience. This particular meditation that I'm giving you is about claircognizance and claircognizance is knowing, deep knowing. I taught this in Next Level Living and it is a very profound gift in my opinion. I think all the gifts are pretty profound. Claircognizance is when you have downloads. Um, Claire audience is more linear. When you hear something, it sounds more like a sentence. It'll be like more of a linear information. Claircognizance is a download of a ton of information in a split second. So I think everything is multidimensional. So I can't say that um, Claire audience is more singular dimension and claircognizance is more multidimensional. When you learn how to really read and understand your eyes from a multidimensional level, you are communicating in this world from a multidimensional place. And I really feel like that's how, what I do. I feel like that's what my community does in next level living is we are experienced this world in a multidimensional place, but we're also very practical and grounded and are able to exist in this earth plane from that space. So I don't go into teaching claircognizance in this particular meditation. I do believe I have one podcast about it. Um, but the best thing I can say to you is because there's different places you could feel it. You have to understand how you're getting the information. Um, but for me, it just, it jumps in. It just uh, falls into my system through my um, crown chakra. But there are certain chakras that I open that I know are connected to it. And I could tell you in a, in a nanosecond, I can know the entire story of something. And I'm sure a lot of you have this experience. A lot of you. I think a lot more people are cognizant than they realize. So go into this meditation. When I did this class in Next Level Living, I'm trying to recall it all because most of my classes are channeled. What was so fascinating about this is we went into living things and got the claircognizant information from that thing. So I believe like I had them go into um, the petal of a rose and to get the claircognizant information in the petal of the rose. And that might sound crazy to some of you, but if you feel into it and lean into it, one of the things about my teaching, I know I'm segueing, but it'll make sense. One of the things about my teaching is I, I don't live in the box. I, I am all about out of the box thinking, out of the box living, out of the box, box existing, out of the box philosophy, philosophies. We'll say that since I can't say the other word. So my guides know that. So they will take them into experiences that are out of the ordinary. And because of that, they are able to tap into innate, um, 
innate things inside of them that allow their instrument to light up so they can use their gifts in a natural way for them. So it's not about reading about claircognizance and then trying to repeat exactly what you read. I teach a specific thing around the the particular psychic gift, but then we dive in in different ways so that you experience it for yourself on a whole other level. You can't read that stuff in a book. You can't get that by comparing yourself to someone else. That's one of the worst things that people do when they're developing their gifts. They'll be like, oh, why is she seeing images that way? And I'm not, I must not be good at it. No, you're just not learning how to use your instrument. You're not learning how images come to you. So claircognizance is not, I haven't seen it widely taught out there. It might've been when I was learning, there was nothing about it. So my guides had to teach me and there wasn't the internet the way it is today. So I'm sure people have touched on it out there. So it's an interesting um, gift to teach because you really have to know how you're getting information and then you have to understand the world of it. So when I started recognizing that I was claircognizant, it was, I would see a billboard. I don't watch the news. I haven't watched the news for years. And this is, like I said, before Google. So you weren't like getting slammed in the face with news. I would see, I remember seeing a billboard when I was driving um, and it was like a news report. The sound, I couldn't hear it or anything. I was in my car and I saw it for a split second and I knew the entire story. And I went and looked it up and I was like, oh my goodness, I got that. And I realized that's, I started realizing that's what claircognizant was, is. And I started learning more about it. Like I could pick up a book and maybe read a page or two and then know the entire premise, the entire book. I could meet someone and they wouldn't even have to say a word and I would know their entire story. So you may be like, oh my goodness, that happens to me. That happens to me. That's claircognizance. So it shows up in many, many different ways. And when you learn to use it, it is such a beautiful language to have with the universe. It is quite, I keep saying the word profound. A lot of times I can't find words, um, not only because my vocabulary sometimes I'm like, ooh, but mostly because they don't speak to me in words and it's in vibration. And then I have to interpret it. And what they're speaking is so much bigger and higher and greater than I have the vocabulary for. So then I have to find the words in my vocabulary to try to explain it to you. So enjoy this meditation. I know that you'll like it. And if you're interested in learning more about Next Level Living, go to marilyneloria.com forward slash next and check it out and explore it. You know, I think some people, it's definitely for the decision makers. So if you're somebody who just sits on the fence most of your life and is waiting till tomorrow to take action, this course is not for you. If you are somebody who really is ready to create change in your life, this course is for you. If you're afraid of creating change, that's normal. That does not mean the course isn't for you. This is a live, ongoing, year-long program. And um, fill out the application. You have nothing to lose. MarilynAlori.com forward slash next. You're going to hear a little music, and then you'll go into the meditation. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Who Can It Be Now? This is Marilyn Aloria, and today is a very special episode. Um, today, we're going to be talking about how to talk to deceased loved ones. So there's a few things I want to teach you 
and a few things I want to talk to you about. We're going to focus on clairvoyancy, empathic ability, the overall conversation about talking to deceased loved ones and what I believe. And um, at the end of this, you're going to hear a little bit of music and then I, you're going to get a very special recording I did for my Next Level Living program where I talk about how to remove spirits from your house. I don't go into a full-on space clearing in that particular recording, but I do give you some tips and techniques on what to do because many of you probably already feel spirits coming in and communicating with you or you had it when you were little and it was really, really scary. And um, so when I opened up, I had to learn like, Ooh, what I need to do. And this is some really good tips and techniques that will help you out in that area. So the reason why I want to talk about this topic is I'm teaching it right now in Next Level Living. And it was a really interesting conversation to be having with that group of people. Um, Next Level Living is my signature program. It is the program that you're going to hear me talking about on my podcast because I absolutely love it. And what I feel it helps people do is really think out of the box. Now, just let me say this for a minute, because whether you're interested in working in this program or not with me, I still think this is important of what I'm going to say. What I recognized recently is people contacting me and talking about how I taught them how to really use their imagination when they do this work. And because of the way I taught them, because I don't believe in in the box thinking, I don't believe in rules, I don't believe in wrongs or rights, any of that they have um, allowed themselves to really explore their own instrument and how they communicate with spirit, how they use their psychic gifts. And recently I've gotten like emails from people about, and, and I didn't ask for it, about how this particular work has really helped them to break the boundaries, has really helped them to accelerate and has really surprised themselves because it's built their own confidence and it has allowed them to engage in their own inner wisdom, tapping into their inner wisdom, as well as communicate with um, spirits if that's what they choose to do. But mainly it's about living their life and trusting the guidance that they're getting and taking the action that they need to take with it. So I feel like the more, because I, I don't seek a lot of feedback with my communities and we've done testimonials and things like that. We haven't done it yet for Next Level Living. But even when I get testimonials from people, I don't always take in what's going on. But I feel like I'm at a different level in my work and in what I want to do with people and in my business. And because of that, I'm able to see what sets my work apart. Now, that's not a comparison. It's not an ego thing. It's not, hey, look at me. It's really not. It's more me owning my work in this world, my mission, and why I'm here. And any spiritual entrepreneur will understand this. We feel that we're called to do something, right? And we've had this calling ever since we were little. Whether you're writing books or you're wanting to be an actress and help people change, or you want to be a healer or a, or a speak or a reader, it doesn't matter what thing you fall into. You just have this feeling inside of you that you're meant to do something in this world and really create change and really help people. And through that you start discovering more of who you are, like who you are based on your own identity, based on your own definitions and not on what people define you as. So all of this work has helped me to really become more confident, more secure, more um, understanding of the choices I've made and the choices I, you know, and making better choices. It's helped me in so many ways. And 
when I, as I explore this more and I explore like why I'm here and what is my greatness? And you may be like, what does this have to do with deceased people? It has everything to do with it. Trust me. Um, but why am I here? What's my greatness? What am I meant to do? And I have to reiterate again, that's not an ego statement because if anything, I feel like I let go of a lot of ego last year. What it's about is more me identifying with my truth, what I desire to do, making sure I do it because I don't want to leave this earth thinking I had all that and everything I wanted to do and I didn't do it. So I've been in deep prayer and meditation asking like, show it to me, let me know what it is so that I really own it and I embrace it and I do it. And when I pray those types of prayers, I don't have any expectations of results. I just sit in deep uh, prayer meditation and really deep prayer meditation could be three minutes. It's not like, oh my goodness, I'm gone for an hour and I'm getting into deep meditation. I've been praying my whole life. I mean, there may be like brief moments in my life where I didn't pray. Um, so this is something I've had. And I sit and I just go, what is like, what is my greatness? And, and how can I own it? And how can I be in it? And how can I um, produce from it and be of help and be of, you know, at helping other people and, and do what I'm here to do. And I, and through that prayer, things drop in and I get to see how my work, things that I've been doing for years with people, I get to see now how it really helps. And I'm, and maybe I've always heard from people, but I've always been like, I, I don't, you know, I just kind of don't listen to it. And I feel like now I'm listening with different types of filters. It's more about, oh, I like this. So this is how I can help people more. I can help people to really jump into their imagination and believe in themselves and believe in their dreams and, and understand like why the, they're seeing this rock in front of them on a road. And for some reason they can't take their eyes off of it. And it's telling them something, or I had a really uh, big dream last night, an actual dream where um, it's such a long story. Do I want to digress? Not really. I had a dream last night about something. And in my dream, I was like, this is just a dream because it was an anx anxious moment. And I heard, this is just a dream. You don't need to get anxious. And I calmed down. And then I had, uh, it happened again. And then I heard, this is just a dream. You don't have to get anxious. And the dream kept going on, right? And then this morning I remembered it and I was like, oh yeah, they're teaching me that this is an illusion and we get to decide how we react to it. So I'm not giving you the whole story. I'm giving you a short story. So with that said, I want to talk to you about communicating with deceased people because I was just doing a meditation for my next level living community about how to meet your gatekeeper. And I'm not going to get into the whole gatekeeper conversation right now. I do think it's something I will share with you down the line. So stay tuned. So gatekeeper is normally the guy that helps you to communicate with other realms. When I started working with my guides, I didn't know about a gatekeeper. I didn't know it existed because there wasn't the internet. There wasn't all this information out there. There was a spiritual bookstore, a very good spiritual bookstore, but still there wasn't a lot of information there. So I was learning a lot of this through my guides and I was working with a therapist. Then I was just kind of channeling with my guides and learning and learning and learning. And the doors to speaking to deceased people opened right away. As soon as a medium told me I was a medium, they were already communicating with me. A psychic said, like, if there's a whole conversation about it. Listen to my earlier episodes. You'll find out my story about the doors and getting locked in rooms. 
and the psychic was like, and I got my head, I cut my head and seven stitches and the whole story. Most of you know it. Some of you don't know it. You're new to me. You'll hear it in the earlier episodes. And she said, the dead are trying to reach you. You need to see a medium. I went to see a medium and the minute she walked in, she's like, you're a medium. And then they all came out and they started talking to me. I had no rule book. I, I started working a little bit with that medium who had no integrity, but that's a story for another day. I think I actually shared it in the earlier episodes, but I didn't know what to do. And I just kind of trusted my instrument and just did it. And before I knew it, I was communicating and doing and, and having communications with spirits and my whole world opened up. And then I started studying a tiny bit because I started meeting some teachers. Like they started, you started finding out about things. It really, I remember the first teacher I went to, cause he did a reading for me and he said, you're this, you're psychic, you're a medium, you hear, you see, you feel, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yes, I do. I do. I do. And you know, those moments when you're like, and I was like, I need to study. I need to study. Are there any classes? And he was like, well, I'm thinking about doing a class. So I was like, please, please, please let me know. And he did. And he was a nice man. And uh, so when I started studying a tiny bit, I started getting hit with rules. Now he wasn't like that. His name was Hans King. He's no longer with us. I love Hans. Hans was very good. But when I started studying with these very famous mediums, they had these rules and I'd get confused and I'd be like, I'm not doing it. Like you're only allowed to do this work after you've been sitting in spirit circles for five years, spirit circles. When you sit in circle with a bunch of mediums and you invite deceased people in and you start picking up information and you start telling people the information, then somebody in the room is like, Oh, he belongs to me. That's my father. And then everybody starts giving her information and then she confirms it. It's way of practicing. Right. And I wasn't doing that. I was already doing readings. I was already a full-time medium. And I was like, really? I have to be in, it just kind of happened for me. And that person that I heard that from was a real ass, to be honest with you. I'm very famous, but total ass. And, and I say that because he was mean. He was really mean to people. And uh, I stopped after a while. I studied with a few people. I created a circle, a big circle of psychics started practicing. I was doing readings and I realized nobody knows better than me. Nobody knows better than my guides. They're teaching me. And if I follow their rules, I'm going to lose my gifts. I'm the instrument. I'm the person. And I want somebody to work with me. Like Hans never did that. Hans would teach us things, but there was always room for growth. There was other, there was a couple like that, but, um, I just didn't want it. I was like, I don't like this. And then it started becoming camps. Like how long you do, I do this, I do that. And it was like, I was like, I can't, I can't get into this. So I just pulled out of that and did my work. And really my guides were the ones who told me I was thinking about studying with this other famous medium that I took a course with. And they were like, don't do it. Study spirituality and religion. We want you to study that. Now I didn't know at that time that I was going to branch off into teaching much bigger worldly things. I promise I'm going to get to deceased people in a minute. And, um, I always trust my guides, what they bring forward. So I'm hoping I'm trusting this is useful. So anyway, they were like, no, 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 don't do it. And I was like, you sure? And I was already working full time, had a list, a waiting list. And you get into that doubt, right? Cause everybody around you is like, you're supposed to do this and that. And you're like, well, I don't know. Everybody's telling me that, 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 that I have a waiting list. Uh, maybe I should. Cause everybody's saying that, that I should do it that way. That's the feeling I was having. 
And these are the antiquated mediums that I cannot stand. They're the ones that say, if you're, if you're not talking to a deceased person, you're doing a psychic reading. No, 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 no. Everything I take is from my guides. It's channeled. That's not psychic. Psychic. I'm not reading people's auras. I'm not reading people's energies. I'm not reading people what they want to hear. I'm talking to my guides and giving future information. So I did a whole episode on that psychic versus medium. Go check it out. So I remember them saying that and they kept saying, no, you need to study spirituality. You need to study spirituality. Now I have a ton of spirituality. I was raised very spiritual. And I was like, okay, sure. And I remember asking them a few times, you'll do that with your guides because you're like, really? And then you keep hearing, I kept hearing this person's name and it was everywhere and da, da, da. And they were like, nope, 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 trust us. And I am so glad I listened to them because I learned more about the program that person was teaching and it was very restrictive. Now, was it good? Probably. I doubt that she, I'm sure that this person did good stuff, but it was so restrictive in the thinking that it wouldn't have been good for me. And studying spirituality was better for me because all of a sudden I started bringing all these worlds together and teaching from a, from me, a much bigger platform. It wasn't just this one way. It was like, how do you exist in this world being this spiritual being and having, we're all gifted. Everybody can speak to a deceased person. Everybody can do it. So that's my story about it. So I started teaching it this month in Next Level Living. And I'm calling it mediumship for them just because that's how people understand it. And we started focusing on clairvoyancy and empathic ability. And that's seeing and feeling, right? So the reason why I started bringing up the psychic gifts is because I would get a message from somebody in Instagram saying, oh, you know, I'm studying mediumship with this woman. And I'm so glad you're saying to use your psychic gifts because she says not to. And I'm like, excuse my crudening, but a dead person walks in and you're seeing them. That's clairvoyancy. They're talking to you. That's clairaudience. You're feeling that they had a heart attack. That's empathic ability. They're downloading life information into you. That's claircognizance. You're smelling something. I can't remember what it's clairsentient, but I've seen a clair. I don't, that one I don't really have. Thankfully, if I smell, when I smell things, I'm like, please take that one away. Anyway, I can't remember the name, but I think it's clear. It's not clairsentient. Clairsentient is sensing and knowing. That's intuition for me. It's clairsense or something, but it is called something else because I have a whole cyclopedia of what these things are called. Somebody will be like, I know what it is. Great, good. So I'm like, how could you not use your psychic senses to talk to the deceased person? I don't understand it. But they're so afraid of doing psychic readings. And I'm like, that's not a freaking psychic reading. You need your psychic senses to communicate with deceased people. There's no other way to do it. So I started teaching about clairvoyancy and empathic ability because I started teaching them how to invite them in the room. I'm going to give you a couple of tips and techniques and how to use your vision and your empathic ability to communicate with the deceased people. What's beautiful about this work is it builds your confidence. So whether you want to do this as a reader or not, I had somebody new join Next Level Living, wonderful person. And she, when I was interviewing her to get into the program, I told her what the, what our course material was going to be this month. And she said, oh, I don't really interested. And I was like, oh, but you, you're going to want to learn it because it'll grow you. Trust me. And so while she was on the call, I wasn't sure, you know, she's a new student for me. And I'm like, hmm, I always want to, you know, make sure they're engaged and they're, they're getting stuff out of it. And she was like, oh, this was great. Because although she doesn't want to go out and read 
and talk to deceased people, she can see how to apply it to her business as a coach. And that's the idea of my work. And if I'm living in a restricted road and, oh my, no, I can't use my psychic ability to talk to that deceased person. Don't, 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 don't talk to me this way. I mean, what are you doing? You're restricting your whole entire path. So I'm so glad these people did not exist that are teaching this material. And I'm so glad that I had my guides because I didn't know anything about clairaudience and I had to learn about clairaudience. And my guides were like, well, we'll teach you. They started teaching me about clairvoyance, started teaching me all this stuff. Then they were teaching me everything. And by the time I went into the rooms, I took what I liked. I'm not going to say it was all bad, but they would also say, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, no, don't, don't, no, mm -mm, we're not following that one. And I listened to them, not the teacher on the stage with thousands of people revering them. I did my own thing. And I'm so glad I did because what I'm teaching people is how to use their instrument. How to, what I was teaching on that call was how to know the energy behind the answer. That's the most important thing. I teach that in everyday guided living. So that's on my um, marilynalori.com forward slash classes. There is a course in there, Everyday Guided Living, and I teach about the energy behind their answers, behind your guide's answers. It's really important to know that because you need to know how it feels. So if you're somebody who's exploring this, and I'll probably do more videos on this. If you're somebody who's exploring speaking to deceased people, one of the ways to do this is clairvoyantly, right? So seeing them. So what you want to do is um, pick a place where they can enter. My deceased people can come from the right or the, the left or the right. I have two guides that let them in because when I was doing four readings in a row or sometimes eight, you know, six readings, or if it's at a party, whoo. So I have say four readings in a row. They're on my calendar for weeks. I don't know who they are because I would never book them. I didn't want to know anything about them, where they came from, nothing. And you could imagine behind that imaginary that that little dead door there were tons of people waiting to talk to me and if i didn't have somebody ushering them in a guide somebody would come into my room say i was reading edith and every tom dick and harry would enter at the same time like okay she's open for business so you have to have somebody kind of access them in help them in so um I'm thinking I want to share the gatekeeper meditation with you that I just did because it's a really good meditation. It talks more about following your own guidance, but I digress. So it's usually a gatekeeper that helps. I have, besides my gatekeeper, gatekeeper guide that bridges that world, I have two guides that will usher them in. You can pick anyone to usher the deceased person in. It is a good idea because it sets up a, uh, a feeling of, I hate to use the word safety, but when people are just opening up to this work and if they had it when they were little, which a lot of you probably did, you can be scared, right? And I know I was, I was like, whoa, dudes, get out of my house. Like it freaked me the fuck out. So when you invite them in, it's good to have some type of boundary there, a spiritual boundary to say, yeah, this one's okay, you can come in. Now, I don't allow them to come into my house. That's the next thing you're gonna hear after this one. I'm gonna share that uh, recording with you that I did for next level living about how to deal with that. But you can have them come in, have them come in a certain space in the room. You can play with celebrities that you know are deceased, that you know there's a lot of information on the internet about them, but you don't know a lot about them. So you can pick like Frank Sinatra. 
So what I did with Next Level Living is I focused on a celebrity. They didn't know who I was focusing on. And I had them, I saw a picture and I had them, um, the deceased person come in and they would say, I would say, what, what clothes, what color hair, what color eyes. You want to get specific information because when, if, when I'm reading someone and their father comes in, I don't have a relationship with their father the way that I have a relationship with my guides. So now the deceased person and I, the father and I have to create a relationship. We have to trust each other. So he has to give me exact information so that when I'm re reading the person, I'm saying, your father's coming in, he's telling me he died of a heart attack. Yes. He's also telling me that you weren't there. You weren't able to make it on the flight. Yes. He's telling me that he had difficulty speaking at the end, even to you. Yes. Okay. Got three yeses. We're good. He's here. Pretty clarifying information where they, we know I've got the dad. I've got the dad. He's got three siblings. Yes. He's got three brothers say probably have somebody's father in the room. So that is, that establishes that relationship. And then I can then give the reading. Now my deceased people, they don't give an F about what you did for them in their lifetime. Now, some of you do need to find forgiveness or closure. I get it. That is really important for a lot of people. And I feel like there's certain people that really specialize in this and that's a good person to go see. It's really nice to get that closure, to hear that, that what you did for them was great. Mine will be like, yeah, thanks for the soup, but let's talk about your life because you're the one who's still living. And I'm in, in a different consciousness now. They move into the different consciousness. So now they're giving you information about your life. So those are my deceased people. So they will come in, they will clarify and do that. So that's seeing. So say you want to try this. You want to, I want to practice this. Take five celebrity names that you don't know a lot about. Write them on five separate pieces of paper. Fold them up. They have to be the same size. Put them in a bowl. Pick one out. Do not look at it. Hold it in your hands. This is where your mind is going to trip you up. Ask the deceased person to come in. Now, you'll know I just did in the gatekeeper meditation. I said to them, when you ask your gatekeeper for a yes or no, if you don't hear the yes or no, your body will know the yes or no. So tap into your being. So if I ask, I, I hear, right? So it's, it's, I don't have this struggle, but say there's a, a big question I may have. And I'm like, I'm not sure if it's a yes or a no. At this point, I know. Go into your body. Your body knows. It knows what a yes feels like. It knows what a no feels like. I did an intuition thing. Where did I do it? I think it's on my Facebook page. There's also an intuition YouTube uh, video that I did. So you can go to my a YouTube channel, Marilyn Laureate, type in intuition and an exercise will come up on how you do it. And that's what that is. Knowing the yeses and noes in your body. Your body's like a pendulum. So you can hold a piece of paper. You got the deceased person. Okay. What color eyes is this? Is this a male or female? Oh, it's female. What color eyes? Blue. Oh, I think this is Catherine Hepburn. I put Catherine Hepburn in the pile. That's where your mind will fuck you up. Say, go away. There's so much to teach about this. I can't teach it all because I have to teach people how to remove their thoughts so they're in direct communication. My thoughts aren't allowed to be anywhere near the reading. My projections, my life, I go into a reading, something big could be happening in my life. It drops away because spirit just speaks through me. I'm a clear channel. So that thought will come in. That's okay. You're just practicing. Oh, here's one of the biggest lessons. Don't worry about getting it right or wrong. All you're doing is learning this instrument. 
So if you're like, oh, blue eyes, I feel like it's Catherine Hepburn. I'm not sure, but I think it is. What did, what did they like to do for a living? Oh, she likes to dance. I could see her dancing around the room. Oh, she likes to dance. Oh, oh, maybe it is Catherine Hepburn. Okay, because that's one of the people you wrote on the page. I'm playing along with you. All right, so does she have any brothers or sisters? Oh, yeah, she has a brother and a sister. And you don't know if that information is true, right? Because you don't really know it. You didn't look it up. Was she married? I'm getting a yes, but if this is Catherine Hepburn, she wasn't married. She was with Spencer Tracy. That much I know. So you really want to try to pick someone you don't know so your mind doesn't trip you up. But your mind's going to try to trip you up. That's part of this work. The biggest part of my work is to get your mind out of there, is to get you into, when you're in direct, divine information, wisdom, tapping into the wisdom. I got a spirit in here now. I can feel it. Direct information. Your mind is nowhere, like the thoughts are nowhere near it. You release them. It's That's why it's such a cool practice. That's why I don't care if you want to be a reader or you want to be the president of the United States. Learn how to do this work. It's going to change your frigging life. So you move that out of the way and play with it. When you play with these pieces of paper, I'll tell you the feeling in a second. You're going to open that piece of paper and you're going to then say, it's oh, it was Catherine Hepburn. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Let me look this up. I want to see what she had. And ask other questions. Be an investigator. So what color did you like? Even if you can't find that on the internet. What was your, um, I remember Martin Luther King came to me and I didn't know a lot about like, I know a bit about him, right? But I didn't know like what he, what was the most famous thing or I can't remember what it was or what I asked specifically, but I Googled it. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating, right? So ask questions that, what is their mission in life? What was their charity? Ask things like that. You're not gonna, it's not about getting it 100% right. It's about noticing, oh, when I felt her dancing, that, I felt that in my heart. I felt that in my being. I felt it like I knew it. Oh, when I asked about the siblings, I second guessed and I saw it out here. You'll know where you see things too. Like I said, there's way too much to teach about this. This is why I do these programs I do because I can get intense. My next level living program is a year long program. People graduate and they stay in it. So it's so that I can go deep, deep, deep with you. But I'm trying to give you enough stuff to get going. Okay, so that's the seeing. You would go in there and you could play with where they're seeing. And what are you seeing? What color are they wearing? You may then Google them and then that picture drops up and they got that blue dress on. I saw that blue. Don't be like, oh, it was a coincidence. Spirit's teaching you how to read clairvoyantly. What color eyes? What color hair? How many kids did they have? Ask them to show you a number or show you a number in space. Things like that. I believe I did a um, podcast about clairvoyancy, so you could probably listen to that. Okay. Empathic ability, right? That's feeling. I'm not going to, because this is already long, um, empathic ability can be emotional as well as physical. So when a spirit comes in, if they couldn't breathe, I'll feel that. And then I'll say to the person, they couldn't breathe, right? If I don't get a yes, and the spirit doesn't take, say, the, they're like, no, no, they were fine breathing at the end. Everybody's like, loses their breath at the end, right? So that's going to be like, well, yeah, they lost their breath. They, they're not here any longer. But anyway, say let's say heart. They, they give me a heart pain, which is another one they could pass from. But you know, your heart stops. Anyway, they give me a heart pain and it was a brain thing. They may be like, no, 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 it wasn't a heart thing. And the spirit doesn't take the heart thing away. Then I know there's more information. I don't take the, I take the no as clarifying. Remember in a clarifying thing, but I also know to trust. 
oh, this was heartache. This, this guy died of heartache. His wife died before him or a child died before him and he died of heartache. It might've showed up in his, in another part of his body. And the person may be like, yeah, that's true. The person may be like, no, if it's a no, 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 I, I'm, this is how I do it. I'm like, I don't have this person. I can't continue with this particular person. Let's move on to something else. But that's how the feeling could work. So the physical feeling, so say the, the person comes in and they did die of a heart attack. Yes. The pain will usually go away. Oh, they broke their arm. Yes, the pain will go away. So the physical pain will usually go away once I get a yes. If it doesn't go away, I go deeper and I just make sure there's nothing emotional, spiritual, energetic behind it that I need to know. Usually when I get the yes, it goes away. Again, if it's I'm not getting the person, I will, I'll know. I this is why I'm saying you need to know how you feel. I know there's like this inner wisdom that's like, no, you're not getting this. And I've it's happened. It's happened. Somebody's wanted to talk to somebody, the spirit comes in. I I'm like, is it this, is it this, you know, and I'm not guessing I'm getting information. They're like, no, no. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't reach your mom. Sorry. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to make it up, you know? So, um, feeling that's feeling, but you could also feel emotional. Oh, they're just giving me an incredible amount of love for you. Oh, they, they really had a lot of anxiety towards the end. So you may emotionally feel it too. So you could work with those spirits, hold that piece of paper. Notice what you're feeling. Notice if you're feeling physical, notice if you're feeling emotional, play with that. Ask them to give you a feeling of how they died. Ask them to give you a feeling of heartache and a specific feeling or an age around the heartache. Um, ask them to give you some emotional stuff. Ask them to give you like we did, um, um, can I say it? Okay, Brittany Murphy, I did, they didn't know I was doing it. They were all picking up on her death all the energy and the emotions and the physical, it was incredible. And I, they had no idea who I was going to pick. And uh, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So it's such a great tool. Now, why is this tool good for you? If you're a writer, if you're a, uh, a VP of a company, we're doing a lot more working with business owners and we have people in this program that there's a vet, there's a scientist, there's a real estate person. They're, they're all different people. There's a, an ex-professor who's writing her memoir. You know, there's a poet. There's, they're from all different walks of life. Then there's the people, and most of, the, most of them are developing their own business too as well. So there's a nurse who's a healer. You know, there's all different types of people. What they are finding and what I feel this work did for me is how to trust yourself above all else. So you make really good decisions for your life. So when I think about, I grew up, um, I've been thinking about insecurity a lot lately. And I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs are very honest about insecurity. I was actually coaching one of my clients after I did this call with this new student on. And whenever I have a new student on or a bunch of new students on, I'm very, I trust my material. And I trust what's coming through me because my guides are just teaching through me. But there'll still be a niggle sometimes of insecurity, like, oh, am I going to meet this person's expectations? I shouldn't be worrying about it at all, but I'm human, right? I don't do that in readings. I'm not allowed to do that. I've thrown that out years ago. So I noticed a tiny bit of that coming up in, and then I, I have the tools to move it away because that's not allowed. So spirit told me exactly what to do in that moment in order to remove it completely. And I did. So the reason why I bring up insecurity is because I'm noticing like as I'm stepping into my visibility, being more visible about what I do, 
being more um, passionate about it, not hiding it, embracing it. And I've always was the person when I opened up to this, I still wanted to be a little bit normal. Like I didn't want to be the, the weird girl at the party or at the dinner table. I very rarely will like say to people and people are like, what do you do? I say life coach because I don't want to get into conversations about it. It's not because I'm hiding. It's because when I just, I, this is how I chose to live. When I'm living my life, I don't want to get into these conversations because if I start reading you, you are not going to be able to be around me because you're going to be like, oh my goodness, she saw all that stuff. Trust me. It's happened. So I kind of decided early on, I wanted to separate it. Not everybody's like that. That's okay. You choose what you want to do. So during, with all my work, what I've been noticing lately is moments in my life I've, I, where I was really insecure. I, I, I remember Hans actually saying that to me, I reading, he said, you came into this world already with uh, self-worth issues. And then your family just did a number on them. And you know, when you hear a reader say something, you're like, that's truth. And I was like, that's truth. And as I step out more owning who I am and what I'm here to do, and, and let me tell you, in my work, there is no this, I'm this, you're this, uh-uh, we're all this. Does it matter to me? We're all, oh, for those of you listening on the podcast, we're all on even field, <laughs> even crowds. I forgot I'm on video. So there's no up or down. I'm on a, pe don't put, no pedestals, none of that. We're all walking together. So, but I've been thinking about like my insecurity and how it shows up and um, tennis has been a huge learning. I'm going to do a whole episode on tennis because holy friggin' mackerel. I've always known it's been a thing for me to learn, but man, am I learning more lessons. And what I've learned is how this work has made me become a very confident human being, fall in love with myself, have better self-esteem, better self-worth. Um, it's fascinating to me, like I'm in an experience right now, I'm recording this on February 14th, happy Valentine's Day, even though you'll be listening to this later, 2023. And there's an, an opportunity that came uh, to me, uh, in front of me. And I went back and communicated with the person because I had questions about the opportunity. I always do. I, I was signed with great agencies and great uh, production companies. I know great TV people. I know great opportunities. And I'm so lucky I did because there was one time where somebody was trying to own 75% of everything I've done and everything I've done and everything I will ever do. And I was like, oh yeah, I know this deal isn't good, even though it was a big producer. So there's an opportunity I'm sharing about this security and what this work does for you and why deceased people, Marilyn, why does this all make sense? I'll explain. So, um, they, this opportunity came in front of me and I started pushing back, asking questions and the person does not like these questions. And it's a pretty big, nice opportunity. And I'm probably going to say no. And I sit there for a second going, mm, it's a good opportunity. And then I go back and I read the message around it. And I'm still, my questions aren't getting answered. And they want to like talk. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. It's just answer my question. And it's those kinds of moments where I don't do what I think I'm supposed to do outside of me. I do what feels really good inside of me. And I may be walking away from something, but I always trust that if I'm walking away from something, 
<laughs> if I'm walking away from something, I am walking to something towards something better. So the reason why I'm laughing and I wish I could tell you the person, but I can't a list, a list, a list celebrity, a list think friggin' any a list, a list celebrity. Somebody asked me to do a reading for them because they experienced something and they needed a reading. And I was exhausted. I've shared this story before. And I was doing so many readings and I would not push out one of my clients to do that. I just won't do that. It's not how I operate. I'm not going to be like, oh, sorry, Sally Joe, but A-list celebrity wants to come in your slot and you've waited three months for the slot. So can you wait another two months? And I knew my energy was just so much. And so I said no to the person. And I was watching this person recently do a really big thing because they're A-list. And I was thinking, how would my life have been different if I read them? Because when, when I was being shopped around for TV shows, they want to know who you read and what celebrities you read. And my celebrities don't want to be known that way. So I was like, I really can't tell you. I'm not going to go out saying I'm the celebrity psychic. It, it would never work for me anyway, because I don't like that stuff. And I got to tell you, my friend, the one who said that she's now a friend of mine who said dead trying to reach me, she's got so many celebrity clientele. She never totes that stuff. I never see her doing that. So anyway, it's just, I'm kind of against that kind of stuff. That's me. So I was watching the person and I was thinking, because I used to think maybe, maybe I missed out on something. Maybe if I had read her, I would have been like, I don't know. And then I was watching that recently on this, do this big, big thing. And I was like, you know what? I bet spirit saved me from reading her because maybe I would have been too, it was so new in my career. Maybe I would have been too nervous. Maybe I would have bombed. Maybe I would have had a hard time with the reading. Maybe it would have been worse than me saying no. And I released it right in that moment. It wasn't like I was holding on to it forever, but sometimes it would come up in my mind like, why did you say no to that? Because you told me to. So it's things like that. You get to trust yourself above all else, above everyone else. You, you just can't, you, I, I can't put a price to that. It is priceless. And it comes in every stage of my life. So yesterday on the tennis court, I was talking to my coach because I'm on a USTA team. I don't like playing USTA. I don't know why I said yes. I get too anxious in that kind of competition. And I was talking to her about it. She's such a great coach. I love her. And I finally got a good coach that is not, I'm not going to get into that. I'll probably do a podcast about tennis. I will. I really will. And I'll tell you all the stories. And we were talking about it and I was of course complaining about this one and that one and the team and wanting to blame a lot of situations. And she was taught listening to me and I was aware of my own personal stuff in it. I wasn't like just blaming other people. And I was like, oh, I do this. And she's like, well, you knew it when I asked you. And I think you did it because you felt like I was kind of encouraging you to do it. And I was like, no, you know, I need to, I was like, I need this challenge in my life. I need to get past this. It freaks me out. And so we had a conversation about it and I left there and I put on this tennis psychology podcast because my guides told me, right, I found this podcast and I was listening to it. And I was like, oh my goodness, this guy is like speaking my stuff, my nursery, you know, my grammar school stuff. I didn't have this in high school. I didn't have catty, horrible people I had in grammar school. And uh, I came to these realizations and I started calming down and I was like, now, now I understand my psychology. And I made the decision. I'm doing the USTA. I'm going to finish it. I'm signed up for, you know, two games. I don't know if I'll do a third game. Um, 
And I wrote my coach and I said, this has nothing to do with the team. It has nothing to do with the coach. It has nothing to do with the other players. This is everything to do with me. Even if another player is not at the level that I feel is a, you know, a strong three, five or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's got nothing to do with it. If I feel, uh, I just have to show up, be my best, do the best I can, have a great time, encourage my team, my partner, and that's it. So you get to make all these solid decisions from such a strong place. Can you see how that could be a rippling effect to everything else in your life? How can it not be? So I want to end it on this. So why deceased people? My work with reading deceased people built my confidence. First of all, they're the most, they're the funniest friggin' people to talk to a lot of the time. It's not coming, you got some scary ones in there, but I don't allow those in. They're so incredibly interesting to talk to. They're incredibly interesting to learn from. It's so cool to talk to someone and then find out like, even the person I'm reading has no clue what I'm talking about. And then they go back and ask a relative and they find out that it's all true. It helps you to believe in something so much greater than yourself. That's what it did for me. It built my confidence. And it wasn't about, in the, in the beginning, of course, I wanted to be really good because people were coming to me in such vulnerable states that I made a deal. Like I was like, I've got to be really good because I, I, these people are going to be so vulnerable in my heart. And I have to make sure that I take care of them. But really, it ended up, it, it morphed into to things I couldn't even possibly believe that it would morph into. It became so much more. And it blows me away to this day. And I'm not, when people usually ask us, you know, I want to speak to my deceased father, I usually send them somewhere else because I'm like, I don't just specialize in that. And it's great that you want that. So, and I don't really do readings now. They're very few and far between. If people want them, you can email us at info at and ask about it. But what I want to share with you is opening up to this work, playing with it, not trying to be right or wrong. That's the biggest lesson I taught this week. And just having fun. You are going to let, get to know yourself in a way that you can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. So I'm going to go. Um, I feel that there's a lot of nice juicy nuggets in there. You're going to hear a little bit of music and then you're going to go into a great little lesson I did for Next Level Living about um, how to remove spirits from because one of the women who's very open was like, they all come and bother me. And I'm like, don't worry, I got you covered. So um, you're going to listen to that. It's not about space clearing as much as it's about how to close your property down so they don't come in at every, uh, every hour of the night and bother you. And then um, if you're interested in Next Level Living, come check it out. MarilynAloria.com forward slash next. Go check it out and fill out an application because that's the only way you can get in. Um, the price is on there. Everything's on there. We're very transparent. I don't really feel like the page reflects what the program is. So if you're interested and want to learn more, fill out the application. And if I feel like by the application, you know, we'll go onto a phone call and, um, and then we'll go from there. If we both agree, like, yeah, this is kind of good. Let's talk. And then we talk. And it's not a sales pitch email uh, call. It's let me get to know you. You get to know me. Okay. Do we want to move forward? And that's my biggest question. Do you want to move forward? And most people I get on a call with are like, yeah, I do. So that's it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Remember, it really helps me if you rate, review, subscribe, and share. I really want to get this podcast to people out there because I want people to realize that everyone is gifted. Everyone. So remember, if you think you have it, 
or you want it, you've got it. It's yours. You are gifted. So what I mean by that are people like, I want to be clairvoyant. You're clairvoyant. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day or night whenever you're listening. I'll talk to you soon. Hey everyone, it is me. I am going to talk to you about how to clear your area of ghosts. Um, so this came up in our conversation in the mediumship class, and I thought that this is kind of important to teach all of you. I'm I've taught it before, but maybe you don't, you've never heard this. So I'm going to teach this to you. So there's different ways to clear your area of ghosts. Um, I'm just going to go through the way of adding protection, for the lack of a better word. And what I had to do in order to stop ghosts from visiting me. And um, so then when I go to a hotel or anything like that, I can do this um, thing wherever if you move into a new house. So basically, the first thing I did when I was just starting to open up and it was becoming really overwhelming to me was I would work with the rooms of that of my apartment. I colored the walls the highest color for me. So you want to find a color that feels really resonant with uh, Jesus's energy, God's energy, whatever you resonate with. So it's high cosmic energy, right? So I would I vision coloring all the walls and I would color the ceilings and the floor. So back then, I'm going to take you like how it progressed for me. But back then, the way I started it was I would start it usually happen in my bedroom, right? Because it's at night and that's when I'm feeling all the energy. I would color all the walls, color the ceilings and the floor, and then I would do it in my entire apartment. So I was living in an apartment then. And then I would ask Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael to clear out any unwanted ghosts, all ghosts, out of my house and remove them from my property and keep it clean and clear. And what I learned was um, one night it was storming outside, raining. And I did that because I was being interrupted constantly. Uh, and then when I went down to my car the next day, all the windows were open and it was flooded. And I recognized that I had to do my car too. And I do my animals as well. Um, it was very interesting because I didn't have a car with a button that took all the windows down. It was like they had all <laughs> be separately opened. And I know that they weren't opened when I came home because it was raining when I came home. So... Uh, what I do now, what I've progressed to, what I have grown to is definitely doing color, but because I did it so many times, like when I was living in the apartment and it was opening up for me, I had to do that pretty much every single night. I would say you have to do that every night for like three weeks in order for it to solidify. And really what's solidifying too is not only the calling in of the protection for the lack of a better word, but it's your trust of it. So I just knew intuitively I have to do this for a while and I trusted it when I called them in and sometimes I have to work harder on it. So I, you know, at night, sometimes I could just be like coloring the walls or, you know, I'm going to tell you what I say now. And like now I don't even color the walls cause I don't need to, because there's this innate trust in me that once I call in the angels and I ask them to do something specifically, I'm taken care of. So all these processes are just you building a muscle and you building relationship with the spiritual guidance team that you're using that you are now asking to be safe and you are safe. So even when I clear properties and I've taught this before, and I don't think I've taught you how to clear properties. We may do a class on that. Um, when I've cleared properties, I would do that for a whole month. When I clear properties, 
I go around and I clear the property three times clockwise. I pick whichever where I want to go. I don't worry about feng shui. I have to be in this corner, that corner based on bird charts. I'm just intuitively knowing where I have to go. And then I walk around the property three times clearing it. And then the fourth time, I already know it's clear. I own, take ownership of it being cleared. And then I just solidify it. So I may say I'm clearing all the negative stale. I'm clearing all the negative stale energy out of this property and bringing in clean, clear energy. It's just something that came through me. And then the fourth time is like this property is clean. It's clear. It's abundant. You can add anything you want. So that's one way to do it. Right. But because every night I like, even when I move every night, I'm not going to sit there and do that. I just did it visualizing it from my bed and I would clear the property and you could do the fourth thing where it's all clear. So I would color the walls, color the ceilings. I'm clearing all the energy out. And then I would call in the angels to keep everything out. What it's come to today is I don't need to color the walls. It's very rare in my home. I don't need to do it because there is an understanding that um, this is done. But if I feel energy starting to come in, I will call in Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, and Archangel Raphael, and I will ask that they remove all the spirits at a five-mile radius. Why it's five miles, I don't know. I started doing this when I bought my first home, and I bought a house in a new location, and it was like I was a lighthouse, so all the deceased people in the area were like coming to my home, and I was like, oh, this isn't going to work for me. So I just started getting into a five mile radius. I would put protection over my house in a colored light. And I always include my car, my animals. And so then I felt like I needed to include the property and I didn't want, some of the energy was so strong. I felt like it needed to be moved out by five miles. So it wasn't like hanging out a hundred feet from my house because I was so sensitive to the energy. So what I do is I call, I'm going to repeat this, call in Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael. Sometimes I use Jesus, St. Joseph, um, Blessed Mother. Sometimes I use St. Germain. It all depends, but those are the three archangels I use the most. And I ask them to clear my, my, my house, my property, my animals of all spiritual energy, of uh, deceased energy. I, I say it different each time because I feel the energy and I'm okay. My guides know they can be here. So they're not part of that contain part of that description. My, the angels know they're not part of that description. And I ask that all spirits get removed from my property at a five mile radius. And I may repeat that a couple of times until I feel the energy pull back and you will feel it. You'll feel like it go away. You don't have to do it because there's just automatic. It's automatically here. But sometimes there'll be what people call a tear and the tear is a vulnerability in your own emotional state that this energy will start coming in and you will need to, um, sorry, they're talking to me. You will need to do it, right? So I'll be like, I'll be deep asleep, having a dream. And in my dream, I won't even wake up from the dream. I'll be having the dream, walking around the dream and I will feel something coming to my room. And while I'm dreaming and still dreaming, I will be shutting down the room. That's how automatic it is part of me now. That's what you're doing. You're building a relationship with what a, a tool that feels really, really solid to you, really good to you. You can use sage. You can use vodka and water. There were many different things that I used. Now I use my energy. I use my connection to the divine. And that's what I use. Um, there was something else I was going to say about this. So when I was doing it in the apartment, 
it took, oh, I know I was going to talk about travel. So when you're traveling, so I find that I can't stay at Airbnbs. Airbnbs to me are very difficult to clear for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why hotels are easier. Um, I don't know if it's because they're being cleaned every single day, the room. I don't know if there's because there's so much transportation or so many people that maybe the energy disperses away and doesn't just pool up in one particular space. But with Airbnbs, I can find them pretty challenging. So I went to an Airbnb once and I didn't know, I didn't think about this ahead of time because I figured I'd be okay. And it was hard, really hard. And I haven't been somebody who's, you know, up like, oh my goodness. And I was having a real difficult time clearing the space because I was in the energy of the space. Now, I think sometimes too, if I'm super, super sensitive to space, I can walk into a room and tell you what's going on energetically, emotionally, what happened, because I'm super sensitive to it. Some of you may recognize this as your own gift. So there might've been stuff going in in the Airbnb that maybe there was something happening before with a couple, whatever, you know, so I was just picking stuff up. So I wasn't clean enough or strong enough to clear it out. So what I did is I just tapped into my guides and I was like, okay, what do I need to do? So I started pulling up pictures of Archangel Michael because I needed a bigger connection than just my imagination. Now, you're going to find on the internet, it's not necessarily a picture of Archangel Michael, but I would find resonance of pictures that I was like, like color resonance that were like, oh, this feels really palpable and strong to me. This is like, I can get into this. So I would look at pictures of Blessed Mother, I'd look at pictures of Archangel Michael, and I would pull them in by looking at the visual. I needed something to look at. And then I would start pulling in their energy into the space because I wasn't strong enough with my own tools for some reason. The other thing I've learned from space clearing is I will write the names of the holy ascended master on the wall. So I will visualize writing Jesus's name on the wall. I will visualize writing love on the wall. Jesus is a great energy to work with because Jesus is love. So you can do stuff like that. So when this particular property, it became, it was difficult and I would clear it enough so that I could rest, but then the energy would be kicked up again the next day. Um, so I left, I left after a while and I learned from that experience. I'm like, mm, Airbnbs don't work for me. But what you can do ahead of time, so this is what I would do too when I was doing like sizzle reels for, um, I was working on a, a missing case, missing person case, and um, the ghost kept coming to me. Apparently she was passed, like, because she was coming in to give me all this information. And, um, but what I've learned from that experience is send the ascended masters, the angels to the hotel room you're going to be staying before you go. So three days, two weeks, as soon as I book it, I'll just set an intention that Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael, please go to that hotel room. Please do your magic. They're so incredible. What an incredible team. Go in, clear it of any uh, spiritual energy. I, you know, I don't say spiritual energy. I say um, spirits. Clear it as a five-mile radius. Please clear it for me. And then I just know they're going in and working it. So that usually now when I check into hotels, I don't feel anything. And if I feel a little something, I'm able to clear it really quickly because they've already did the work. So sometimes when I walk into a new space, right, I'm walking into a new location, I'm traveling. If I'm traveling by myself, there's a lot of energy emotionally happening for me. So I may walk into the hotel room and be like, mm, there's a little something there. I just sit down right away, do my magic and it's gone. It's gone. And very rarely does it not work. So that's what you can do when you're traveling as well. Uh, I think that is it for how I handle it. 
and your team will know. So, so spirits aren't allowed to just come into my house. I don't allow it. And, um, sometimes in my kitchen, I do, I definitely have a spirit in my house. I believe it's Sal. I am pretty sure it's him. I, I just feel his energy. I feel him ready to work with me. I feel ready myself. I'm just waiting. I'm giving myself the space and the time to do that. But, and then I feel my father too around. I don't mind them. So when sometimes there's a spirit in my house and it'll be up against my back, because that's the way they like to let me know I'm here. They're here. I'll be at my kitchen. And I'm able to feel the energy. And if it's not threatening, I just go, hi, ghost. How are you? I'll say that like three, four times a day. I'll be like, hello, ghost. And it's like an acknowledgement. I acknowledge them. They're not threatening to me so they can stay. I don't have a problem with them. It, like I said, they feel familiar to me like Sal or my father. So they can stay. It's okay. And then once I say that, they separate away. It's almost like they want to be part of something. And I'm okay with it too, because I, I like their energy. But if I don't allow just any Tom, Dick, or Harry to come to strolling through my house, it's not going to happen. You're not allowed to do it. So um, when that happens, very rarely, that's when I kick them out. This can work. So you can put the platinum net, Archangel Michael's platinum net over the property. You can do many different things. I've shared the story many times. I'll share it again. I had protection on my first home. And I don't like the word protection because that means we're not safe. And I don't buy into that now. Now I'm like, I'm safe, right? But because that's how people understand it, I'm going to use the word protection. And um, a friend of mine who is a healer was coming over and she couldn't find my property. And she kept circling and circling and circling. And then she finally found it. And she went, she came in, she's like, do you have protection on your house? And I said, yeah, she goes, I couldn't find it. So I figured that out. I figured it hit me. Oh, she's got protection. Let me see. And then another time uh, in the house, I was, it was Halloween. My neighborhood was really active on Halloween. I had decorations out where all, all my friends are hanging out in the driveway, waiting for the trick-or-treaters and the trick-or-treaters cross the street and they're crossing over to come to my house. And then they would turn away. And it happened twice. And I was like, what's happening? We're sitting out here. Are we scaring them? We're like, my house is decorated for Halloween. We've got little candy. We're already excited to see them. And my friend said, do you have protection? I went, oh, I have to remove the protection. So I removed the protection from the house. <laughs> All the trick-or-treaters came. How do you remove it? You just ask them to remove it. You visualize it being removed. It's not an unsafety thing. It's like, oh, I'm inviting in those trick-or-treaters. That's okay. They can come visit at the front lawn right now. That's okay. So, and then I would just put the protection back on and that's it. Um, use it. It works. Make sure definitely to do your car and your property and your animals. And that's all. Have fun. Bye.